This is the Point of Purity podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. Welcome to episode 115. In this episode, we seek from Scripture the answer to the question, why should God pardon my guilt? Why should the holy, righteous, pure, sovereign, almighty creator of the universe forgive me? After all, I have repeatedly turned my back on him. I'm guilty of worshiping a false god. I've chosen time and time again the temporary pleasures that the flesh gives versus the eternal pleasures that God gives. Why shouldn't he turn his back on me? This week's episode is entitled, The Best Reason of All. Let me take a moment here and open this episode with a moment of prayer. Would you join with me? Father, make us to know your ways. Lord, teach us your paths. Please lead us in your truth as we go through this episode today and and teach us. For you are the God of our salvation. For you, we gladly wait all day long. Father, we take a moment right now. And on the onset of this episode, we ask you to show us now your ways, that we may know you. Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Father, you have promised us that when we ask in faith, believing that you hear us, it will be given to us. And as we seek, your promise is that we will find. And when we knock, your promise is that it will be open to us. So, Father, right now, in this episode, we boldly and yet very humbly ask you to show us your ways, teach us your paths, guide us into your truth. And thank you, Father. Thank you not only for what you have done and are doing, but for what you have yet to do in our hearts and in our lives. And I ask you this in your precious name. Amen. Okay. In Psalm 25, verse 11, David writes this. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Now, I want to make sure that you're hearing what David's asking God for in this verse. So let me repeat Psalm 25, 11. Listen closely. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Now, I have a question for you. How great is your guilt as you stand before our holy God? In a previous episode, I asked you to consider how many times today alone you have sinned against God. How many times, just today, have you been guilty of idolatry, guilty of worshiping King Me, guilty of worshiping yourself instead of God? How many times this week? How many times last week? What about this month? Last month? This year? Last year? What about over your entire lifespan? How great is your guilt before a holy God? Now, in light of that question, I want to also ask this. Why should God pardon your guilt? Why should the holy, righteous, sovereign, pure, almighty creator of the universe, God himself, why why should he forgive you? Let's face it. You and, and I have repeatedly turned our back on him. We are guilty of idolatry. 
We've been worshiping a false God. We've had King me sitting on the throne of our heart. We've chosen time and time and time again to enjoy the temporary pleasures that the flesh gives versus the eternal pleasure that God gives, Psalm 1611. So, again, I ask the question, why shouldn't he turn his back on us? Well, the answer is very clearly stated in Scripture. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, it says, The Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself, 1 Samuel twelve twenty-two. Psalm 106, verse 8 says, He saved you for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. Oh, my friend, listen, truly God is my rock and my fortress. For his name's sake, he will lead me and guide me, Psalm 31, 3. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake not according to your evil ways, nor according to your corrupt deeds. Ezekiel 20, verse 44. Now, as you're listening to this, you, or if not you, someone is going to try to insert the argument here that these passages that I just quoted were written to the children of Israel, God's chosen people, not to us today. And the argument would be, therefore, the text is saying that God will not forsake Israel for his great name's sake. Now, yes, yes, it is true that the verses that I've been talking about so far have been speaking directly to the Jewish nation. But I also submit it's equally as true that it's speaking to us as 21st century Christians as well. You see, Romans 15 verse 4 says, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. 1 Corinthians 10.11 says that these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. The fact is, if you're a born-again believer, you've placed your faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary, you have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5. As a born-again believer, as a child of God, as a Christian, you are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them, Ephesians 2, verse 10. You, my friend, if you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Hmm. All glory. Are you catching this? All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. You see, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all, unlaw- from all lawlessness 
and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works, Titus 2.14. Here's my point. God's word is telling us that the Son of God has come and has given to us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life, 1 John 5.20. This is why you and I can rejoice that although at one time we were darkness, now we are light in the Lord. So we need to walk as children of light, Ephesians 5.8. We must never forget that Jesus has already delivered us from the dominion of darkness, and he has already transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1, verse 13. So, when we read verses in the Bible like Ezekiel 20, verse 44, we can rejoice that the truth that God is speaking to the nation of Israel is the same truth that he is speaking into our hearts as well today. Let me repeat Ezekiel 20, verse 44. Here's what it says. You shall know that I am the Lord when I deal with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or according to your corrupt deeds. Ezekiel 20, 44. A few chapters later in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 22, we read this. Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake. Are you catching this? It is not for your sake that I'm about to act, but for the sake of my holy name which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. I want you to listen to these next 13 words closely and carefully. I want you to let them sink deep into your heart. Here are the 13 words that I'm referring to. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Psalm 25, verse 11. I want you to pause for a moment here. And I want you to contemplate those 13 words. So let me repeat them again. Consider the impact of what the scripture is saying. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. In in 1 John 2, verse 12, we have this declaration. Listen to this. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. 1 John 2.12. Now, I know we've already talked about this, but it bears repeating yet again. Think about your sins, your guilt before God. Carefully consider all of the selfish, self-centered, egotistical, king-me, idolatrous choices that you have made over your lifetime. I want you to contemplate right now how many times over the years You have been guilty of worshiping King me, guilty of worshiping a false god, guilty of idolatry. And then I want you to ponder in your mind, in your heart, the punishment that each and every individual one of those sinful choices truly deserves. If you don't know what the answer is to that, look at Romans 6.23, Romans 5.12, Matthew 25.46. The penalty is steep, my friend. I want you to contemplate how many times over the years you've been guilty and the punishment that each one of those guilty uh, false worships uh, deserve. And and is that solidly fixed into your mind? I want you to listen to the words of Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 7. Though our iniquities testify against us 
Act, O Lord, for your name's sake. For our backslidings are many, and we have sinned against you. Jeremiah 14, verse 7. Jeremiah is telling us that though our sins against God are many, and they are, though they bear witness against us, and they do, though they blatantly stand out in stark contrast against a holy God, and they do, the sovereign creator of the universe, the savior of your soul, God himself still acts. He still forgives. He still restores us for his name's sake. 1 John 1, nine says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 32, verse 5, the psalmist says, I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Psalm 32, verse 5. So in Psalm 25, verse 11, David is crying out, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Can you relate to that? David cries out in Psalm 51, verses 2 and 3, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. My friend, I praise God, and I want you to join with me in praising God for his promise. In Jeremiah 33, verse 8, where he says, I will cleanse you from all the guilt of your sin against me. I will forgive all the guilt of your sin and your rebellion against me. Wow. Do you remember our discussion in Psalm 25, verse 1, where David said, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Do you remember the challenge that was given to choose daily to lift your soul, the real you, everything about you to God? When you do that, Psalm 23.3 says he restores your soul. He leads you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God is, now watch this, God is and always will be our rock and our fortress for his name's sake, he leads us and guides us. Psalm 31, verse 3. Hmm. Are you picking up on a recurring theme from this episode? For your name's sake, O Lord, we are forgiven. Hmm. You may recall that we shared in a previous episode that everything God does, everything is and always will be for his name's sake. For example, I quoted to you a moment ago, Psalm 23, verse 3, where David says that God restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, just think about that. Pause for a moment here and truly think about what you're hearing. If you have placed your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as the sole requirement for your salvation— God has rescued you. He has redeemed you. He has restored you into a right relationship with him. And even now, he guides you. He teaches you. He leads you. He shows you what is right and how to live in freedom and victory. Why? Why does the almighty, thrice holy creator of the universe do that for you and for me? It's definitely not, listen to me now, it's definitely not because of who we are or because of what we do or have not done. 
It's definitely not because we deserve his favor in any way. No, it's only, listen, it's only because of his namesake. It's solely because of who he is. He is your rescuer. He is your redeemer and your restorer. He is your guide, your teacher, your leader, your savior. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. David is declaring that it is solely because of who God is that you and I are who we are in Christ, a born-again, rescued, redeemed, and restored child of God. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 44, God says, You will know that I am the Lord when I have dealt with you for my name's sake. Oh, my friend, we must hit the pause button here. I know I've repeated this verse multiple times through this episode, but just think about this. Can you imagine, can you even begin to fully fathom what you and I deserve, what we deserve because of our idolatry, because of our worship of a false God, because we put King me on the throne of our hearts instead of God. This bears repeating and repeating and repeating every time. Listen, let this sink in. Every time you and I choose to make life about us, about King me, each and every time, with each and every selfish, self-centered choice, we are choosing to worship a false God. Every time King me is on the throne of my heart, I am guilty of committing idolatry. I've sinned. Because of that sin, I am in desperate need of forgiveness and redemption and rescue, which is exactly what God did for each of us on the cross of Calvary. In Romans 3.23, God clearly states that the wages of my sin, the wages of your sin, in other words, the paycheck, if you will, that you and I deserve to receive for the sinful king me things that we have done all throughout life, that which is owed to us is eternal separation from God. An eternity in the pit of hell itself. So imagine for just a moment what your evil ways, what your corrupt deeds, what my sins truly deserve. And again, I repeat, this is why we so desperately need God's divine intervention in our life. Do you understand yet the seriousness and the significance of every sinful king me choice you have ever made, no matter how big or how small it may be to you? Listen once again to what God is saying in Ezekiel 20, verse 44. You will know that I am the Lord when I have dealt with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or according to your corrupt deeds. Let me take a moment and let me quote Ezekiel 20, verse 44 to you one more time. I want you to fully grasp what God is saying. Here it is. Listen, you will know that I am the Lord when I have dealt with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or according to your corrupt deeds. Oh, my friend, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you put your faith in Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross in your place, in your stead, on your behalf? Do you believe with all of your heart 
that Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven surrendering his in, the independent use of his attributes and his, his position as, as, the chi- as the Son of God. And he took your place. He took my place. He took upon himself the form of a man and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He took your penalty, your punishment for your sin upon himself as well as mine. Do you truly acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary took the full brunt of God's wrath in your place for your sin? He didn't hang on that cross. He did not die. He wasn't punished for anything that he had done. He was perfect. He was God, he, he was God in the flesh. He knew no sin. He hung on that cross. He paid the price for all the sin that you and I have done. Do you believe that Jesus experienced not just death on the cross, but the full penalty for the price of sin, utter and complete separation from God the Father? He went to the very pit of hell itself. Jesus paid the full price for your sin and mine. Do you truly believe that Jesus Christ rose then from the dead three days later, And that he is alive today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, functioning not just as your Redeemer, but now as your intercessor. If you're a born-again believer, a child of God, a Christian, then know this, my friend. Know this, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Almighty, Most Holy, Sovereign God, the Creator of the universe, has chosen to deal with you not according to what you deserve, but all according to who he is. Not in his righteous wrath, but in his infinite love. Why? Because it's for his name's sake. David writes in Psalm 103, verses 10 through 14, that God has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our guilty deeds. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our wrongdoings from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our form. He is mindful that we are nothing but dust. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 14. Oh, my friend, I cannot drive this point home hard enough. Everything, everything, everything that God does is always and only for his namesake. No other name, God's holy name. Everything that God does is all done for his glory. He takes the credit. He takes top billing every time. Not because he needs it, not because he desires it, certainly not because he wants to take it away from you and from me, but because he knows that you and I cannot handle it. All right, we're going to hit the pause button here until next week's episode. And let me just share with you this. If you'd like to know more about today's study, if you're interested in learning more about our ministry, then please visit our website. There's a multitude of resources available to anyone who is wanting to know how to be pure and and men and women of integrity and godliness, living a life of victory and freedom over sin uh, in a way that glorifies God. Go to our website thepuritycoach.com. Again, that's thepuritycoach, all one word, thepuritycoach.com. 
The Pure Man Ministry is a faith-based, donor-supported ministry. Everything that we do, and there is much that that we provide, and, and the website reveals the majority of it to you, but everything that we do is made possible because we have a team of ministry partners who are giving financially to this ministry. Listen, without compromise, the Pure Man Ministry, also known as the Purity Coach, shows men and women how to have a continuous relationship with Jesus that is real, that is personal. You can live in freedom and victory over those nagging sinful habits. And we, we, we dive deep into the Word of God, not just through our podcast, but through our app, through the books, through the um, Point of Purity program, our counseling program, through our Christian Growth Academy. We, we take men and women deep into the Word of God to help them grow in their walk and their relationship with, with Christ. And so to that end, we need, and, and I, I, I've got to lay it out for you, we need ongoing financial assistance. We need financial partners who are committed to providing hope and help for men and women across the globe as they battle against the beast of sexual impurity. One of the things that we try to do is we try to provide limited scholarships for, for those who can't afford our program. Those donations to the ministry help us do that. So I am personally inviting you to partner with us as we seek to impact our world, as we seek to equip and train men and women in how to live in purity, how to live godly lives, how to live in integrity, all through the study and application of God's Word. So if you're interested in becoming a ministry partner by donating to the ministry to give your tax-deductible gift, just go to thepuritycoach.com, and in the upper right corner, there's a Donate button. Just click on that, fill out the form, and, and submit it. And we thank you so much for your financial gift to this ministry. Well, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our powerful upcoming episodes. Until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner from the Pure Man Ministry reminding you that if you are going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. <laughs>